Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit fightradio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Isabella A. Green, and we'll be talking about her journey, work, and also her new book, Leaving the Trap, How to Exit the Reincarnation Cycle. Leaving the Trap offers practical guidance and vivid short stories from beyond the veil. The book takes the reader on a journey of -of out-of-body and near-death experiences, astral projection into heaven and hell, quantum travel through the cosmos and higher realms, past life memories, and the author's real-life experiences that provide insights into what may be waiting for us in the afterlife. The book offers recommendations on how to prepare for the final exit, interact with beings that greet us after death, and ultimately escape from the cycle of reincarnation being souls on Earth. Isabella Green is a metaphysical specialist, spiritual healer, and author in service to the evolution of consciousness and ascension of humanity. Since her powerful reawakening, Isabella has dedicated her life to multidimensional work, which extends beyond the limitations of 3D. Isabella is certified in hypnosis, Reiki, and life coaching. She reads Akashic Records and is an extra-dimensional channel. Isabella studied numerous philosophies and schools of thought and strongly influenced by the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza. For more information, you can visit her website, which is www.isabellagreen.com, and that's I-S-A-B-E-L-L-A-G-R-E-E-N-E.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Isabella to the show. Good day, Isabella. Good day, Robert. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. I'm looking forward to our conversation and, and just learning a lot um, about uh, interdimensional kinds of, of things, as, as well as the idea of exiting a reincarnation cycle. <laughs> I know many times I've said, I ain't coming back. I ain't coming back. <laughs> so um, I kind of want to explore that. So um, let's start with, can you uh, maybe share with the listeners who aren't familiar with your background, can you share a little bit about your journey and how you got to, to doing the work that you're currently doing? Well, I didn't start with this work. I was born with different abilities, but then I went the conventional route for many years. So I was in the American dream, so to speak. I lived in New York City. I uh, worked for financial services industry. I uh, was trying to get married a few times, a few times married, and uh, didn't really like that experience at all. And then in, in around 2009, I got laid off, and that's when the big questions started coming in. I started asking, why am I here? (laughs) That was the first time when it occurred to me that I perhaps was not born to work in financial services industry my entire life. (laughs) And um, things just started coming together a little, little step at a time. And I tell you that if back in 2009 I was told what I was going to be doing today, I probably would have turned around and been like, "Yeah, give me that Morgan Stanley job again," <laughs> because it would have it would have sounded oh, like a complete um, insanity to me back then. But now mm, it's a whole different life. So I moved from New York City 
to Arizona, lived in Sedona for a few years, and then moved um, into the rural space here in the desert of Arizona, the beautiful area. And I live a really pure lifestyle dedicated to the service that I provide for humanity and for uh, the people who come to me individually as well. Yeah. So um, let, let's talk about some of the um, modalities that you use. You know, I, I indicated in the introduction that you are um, a spiritual healer and mentioned kind of a couple of the different types of um, methods that you use in your practice. So can you share with us just um, basically what, what some of those tools are and kind of like how did that um, progress? How, you know, what, what, did you start with Reiki or, you, you know, how, what, where did you start and kind of how, um, what was the progression of adding those various tools? Right. Well, at this at the present moment, I use the modality that I developed myself. Uh, all of the, so it's unique, it's really unique, but all of the tools that I collected during the way um, were just for educational purposes. I wanted to know what it is because I was already doing energy work when I um, got certified in Reiki because I was just curious, how do they do it in Reiki? I was already um, putting people in trance during my sessions when I went and uh, got certified in hypnosis because I wanted to find out if what I'm doing is similar to doing hypnosis. And so you get the picture. I, I'm not, I just collected a bunch of information for myself as to compare the abilities that were coming through me and popping into my sessions, literally through my clients' requests, um, for me to create the modality that I use now, how these abilities and offerings um, were comparable to the modalities that are conventional, they're being you know, people are being trained in. And it was fascinating to me to find out that a lot of it was very similar, but at the same time was very different. So you can say that I'm not really utilizing any of the things that I'm certified in. Mm -hmm. um, in my method, maybe coaching, because I started with coaching, and I was certified with two different coaching schools when I first started taking clients. But then people would ask me, oh, what happens when, when you move your hands? I get all tingly. And it was back then when I was taking uh, clients in person, and I would talk and talk with my hands, and they would feel tingles. And this is how I found out that there is such a thing as energy work because it was coming mm -hmm. through my hands and they could feel it. And then I found out that I could do energy work remotely. And then basically the clients would just ask me, oh, can you do this? I don't know. Let me find out. Let's try was my whole motto through the entire process. And simultaneously I was also um, doing my own inner healing work, and I was also um, practicing really advanced spiritual, um, involved in really advanced spiritual practices. And so that helped my abilities expand, and it helped me to create a package of services that are quite unique. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, it's it basically customized to the individual, depending on what their needs are, and you draw from, you know, those various tools to kind of create a, a special plan for the individual? Yes, correct. I, I, before, before we have a session, um, I do an interview with a client to make sure that I get their story, that I get their needs, that I understand what it is that they require, and then I customize the sessions. Although the sessions consist of specific parts, but each part and each session consists of the same parts, but each part is customized to fit the needs of an individual the best. Okay, so in, in addition to the healing work, 
I noticed that you do channeling, and and that is to me uh, um, just a, a fascinating experience. You know, right. when I when I talk to people who do that. So, how, how did that come about for you? It's the same thing because first I started. Um, because of uh, the advanced spiritual practices that I mentioned, and I got my pineal gland, my third eye activated, and I started receiving communication with non-terrestrial consciousness um, in my own, in the privacy of my own meditations and the privacy of my own quantum travel um, or my own experiences. And then during sessions, I noticed, started noticing that my third eye is on and that I'm able to receive transmissions for the clients as well. But before I do that, we do the clearing of the energy field, and we work through the heart channel of each client to make sure that I know who I'm channeling. Because I do not just just allow any kind of whatever spirit to pop in and and um, start talking through me. And I also don't channel dead people. Um, but... I work with really high-end non-terrestrial expressions of the human soul, and we get there in the middle of our uh, sessions during the clearing and make sure that there are no entities in in the client's uh, field to create a false transmission and so that we're both in, in the altered state by that time in the session. And through the channel of the heart, I literally trace uh, the mm, the composition, the multidimensionality of the person's soul, and we see where the match is with their present moment here, and that's the aspect that I channel. And I specialize in connecting with the non-terrestrial expressions of the human soul. And I also uh, channel non-terrestrials in um, public events and there are a couple of specific races that I'm more connected with and they come through easier um, specifically the Andromedan um, Council or the Andromedan Collective the beings from the Andromeda Galaxy not from the Andromeda Constellation How you know, when it starts to me that it's you know, the idea of you know um, making that connection, you know, through that, uh, you know, that meditative state. Um, you know, one of my challenges is, is always, you know, trying to discern, you know, what is kind of just mind chatter. For me, what is yeah. mind chatter and what is something that yeah. is from somewhere else. So, right. and to, so the idea of, you know, Receiving information from a non-terrestrial source um, to me is, um, I don't know, I, I just think that it's it, fascinating and, you know, I mean, how is, is that connection made? Is it just, um, do you just focus on, now you're saying that you do it in public, and but then you also do it with, with clients. So when you do it, just, well, did it first appear when you were working with a client? Yes. I mean, it first appeared okay. when I was working with mm-hmm. the client, and this is why I make sure that their field is clear, because just because some spirit is talking for you, it does not mean that it's true or it's to the benefit of the client. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, I'm very, I practice um, very strong discernment as far as uh, what kind of consciousness I channel. But when I connect, I can see them. I have the visuals. I have the energetic signature of the beings. And I also, um, I also feel the level of consciousness. When they come through, it alters. I can literally feel that in my physical form is that um, what kind of frequency they are. And so there are a num- three, at least three layers of discernment that I check before mm-hmm. I allow anything to you know, come through me to channel. And I rarely channel anything below fifth. Well, I actually have never channeled anything below fifth dimension. Fifth dimension, be- fifth dimensional beings 
are still considered low consciousness. So hmm. I normally channel everything over eighth dimension and, and above, and sometimes the pure consciousness of source itself. So it's it's very it's a very it's very specific. What I channel is very specific. What I allow to come and talk through me is very specific. But sometimes, for example, if uh, a person's deceased father wants to send a message and we're in the heart channel moment of the... And when I say heart channel, means that the client's connection to their essence. And so sometimes their deceased loved one would pop in and they want to give a message. I did not allow that to speak through my body. I received that like a phone call. So I'll be listening to what mm. they're saying, and I will be repeating that back to the client, but I will not appear to be... In you know, in an altered state, I did not allow that soul to speak through my body. Okay, I can understand that. Um, so, when when you are when you mentioned about you know connecting to the individual, the, the client's multi-dimensionality, yeah. um, how? Is um, is that um, terrestrial um, energy? Is it um, connected to and you know possibly guiding or influencing the individual? You know, in the here and here the, on Earth. Right, in, in the Earth plane. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Definitely. Um, through the DNA strands, because we have a tremendous amount of what the scientists call junk DNA, but mm -hmm. that is the non-terrestrial DNA that that every human vessel carries that is dormant at the present time. So some individuals carry higher percentage of a certain type of DNA than others, and I don't know how that's distributed, but um, I also do activations uh, through uh, through my work within the same session. And so that is when we can first connect with the non-terrestrial expression of their soul, which technically is happening simultaneously as they are living on Earth. But for us, for us in our linearity, that is something perhaps as the, uh, we can look at it as their future and future millions of years from now, let's just say, considering the level of development of some of these races. But when I utilize the energy of that expression of that person's soul and bring that into their DNA strands, into the energy field, then it makes the DNA strands vibrate and very often they remember uh, their abilities or they, they just open up a little bit more to being um, the type of fuller human expression that is available to us right here, except that we've been all conditioned to not live that way and not be these beings, this kind of beings. With all of the abilities intact um, and with memories as well. So some clients are more open and they experience um, have have powerful experiences after activations. For some clients, it takes some time for it to trickle into their conscious awareness, but there's definitely um, some sort of uh, an outcome after the activations because we utilize that very powerful energy of their own soul living in a different reality. So... When that the activation or that recognition happens, then how is it translated into you know making the individual's life better? I mean, you know, what, what having that um, new found you know energy, um, how how is it? Um, you know, what, what are the, I guess, the, the effects that one would see by right. 
having that process happen. Yeah, the effects depend on each individual, but in most cases they become more aware of their innately built-in paranormal abilities because all of us have abilities within us and when when the DNA and it, it's all written within the DNA so we become a little bit more of what we were always meant to be okay Isabella I am back and, and I, <laughs> I think those those energy beings are messing with me <laughs> <laughs> yeah That's this right. happens sometimes this happens sometimes when um, the subject gets intense and the energies are also intense and so sometimes technology cannot keep up. This is pretty common. <laughs> yeah, we know, and, and actually, I mean, it, it truly happens um, infrequently, but when it does happen, I mean, it usually is with, you know, when, when discussing, you know, energies, you know, that are kind of... Um, just uh, unusual or extraordinary. Right. Oh. Okay, so we were, you asked me if what happens after the activations, uh, what kind of um, effects people experience after they do the activations, and I would um, be happy to repeat that now. So after yes. the activations, the activations are just vibrating the dormant DNA strands in the human within the human body vehicle um, that carry our innate built-in abilities and also the abilities of uh, the non-terrestrials that contributed their DNA to our state of being, to our physical bodies. And so when um, we vibrate, when we bring the matching energies to uh, the person's DNA strands, uh, the changes that they experience are in their access to their paranormal abilities usually. I'm not saying that overnight they become a psychic or something, but very often if they are having visions, their visions amplify, or if they are having um, certain abilities that are on a very low level, uh, these abilities amplify. Their sensitivity and their empathic abilities increase. And it's very individual. For some people, it takes a while until it shows up. But for others, the effects are Im immediate. Literally, they notice something different with themselves in the next day. Yeah. So, I mean, and all of this is, is kind of um, resident in that um quote spoken DNA. I've I've always thought that there was I couldn't imagine any part of DNA being junk. <laughs> you know, or or not without purpose. Right. Yeah, and you're right about that, that's for sure. <laughs> now that was like when you're dealing with individuals, you know, and in right. kind of making that connection with the multidimensional aspect that, you know. Now when when you are not, uh, you know, focused on an individual, um, like, like, you know, uh, pretty soon you'll be doing um, an event where it will be, you know, you'll be telling that it will be yeah. for a group. What what kind of um, information is usually conveyed during those kinds of uh, activities? There is no such thing as usually because it's very individual. Um, it's individual to the group. It depends on what type of consciousness comes through to bring the information. And, the, again, the information matches what the group requires at that time. Once in a while, sometimes I've, I've observed, well, everyone has this big question about, oh, what's up with Earth and what's going on and all that. So very often they deliver something that gives people an idea of the potentials or maybe the higher timeline experiences that are possible. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, and with the, you know, I was reading one of your posts on Facebook, right. and you were talking about how 
you know, the some of the information that was coming through was regarding, um, you know, the current, you know, I guess state of chaos or, or confusion or disruption, you know, right. going on now, and and that you know it actually is going to lead to kind of a different kind of structure. So can you talk a little bit about you know because. I, like many people, you know, recognize this, this, uh, you know, the, the chaos or, or the, you know, just the dramatic changes that are occurring. But, right. but as to kind of where it's leading, it's like, you know, there's, for me, it's a big question mark. Well, it's a big question mark to, for me as well because I personally in my head don't know about these um, potentials. When I channel is when the information comes through. So all I can do for you now is to repeat what I channeled in that transmission. So I can't really just sit here and say, hey, you know, this is what no. I know. Um, yeah. I can just say, hey, this is what I channeled. All right. So while I channeled the higher timeline potential for Earth for the next uh, 10 years, and they said that, we're going to slowly gain access to free energy. We're going to slowly observe how the current financial system is replaced by the quantum financial system, and then also that all kinds of objects will take flight, that we will observe um, everything flying, and that that's already on the way, and that the medical system will become, the current day medical system will be become obsolete because we will be able not only to have technological um, devices that make the present day um, medical system obsolete, but also tap into the abilities of the human form which is probably in the junk DNA because, as far as I know, non-terrestrials do not need to go to a doctor. They can self-heal not only themselves but also their craft. <laughs> it's, all, it's all through consciousness. So if we hopefully will reach the level where human beings are able to tap, tap into the consciousness of their own body to not need any drugs or surgeries any longer. So they, they just predicted these three things that... Um, the medical system will be obsolete, and, and the other two that I just mentioned as well. Yeah, wow, that'll be that'll be a welcomed change for sure. No, absolutely. For the world. Um, well, we're, we're about halfway through the show, Isabella. I want to take um, just a quick break, and then when we come back, I want to kind of move in um, a bit to talk about your new book, you know, and, and the reincarnation cycle. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Okay. okay, hold on. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, ByteRadio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5x7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeart Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us. Again, today, my special guest is 
Isabella A. Green, and we're going to be talking about her new book, Leaving the Trap, How to Exit Reincarnation Cycle. Um, but we have, during the first part of the show, been talking about um, her journey and as well as her healing work. Um, again, you can find out more about Isabella by visiting her website, which is www.isabellagreen.com. And that's I-S-A-B-E-L-L-A-G-R-E-E-N-E dot com. Okay, with that, we're back, Isabella. It's good to be here. Good. So um, my partner, Roy, um, is a clairvoyant and, and has been doing that for, you know, about 60 years, so uh, quite a long time. And one of the things, um, anyway, and he's been listening to our show so far. And um, said that he would, you know, love to be able to come in and, you know, kind of make a comment or, you know, that kind of thing, and and maybe what we've been talking about so far. So, Roy, are you there? Hello, Isabella. Hi, Roy. Hello. Yeah, I said, Bob, uh, that I would like to make a comment, and what I shared with him is like, Isabella is the real deal. Wow, I appreciate it. Thank you, Roy, for you well, being the 60, 60 years. That's way longer than I've been in the field. Uh, oh, yeah. It. I used to Carolina started doing readings about age eight, scared both of my grandmothers. Uh, and I would share information with them, and they started taking me to the Southern Baptist Church, and they scared me as well, so I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, you, you emanate to be a really strong energy of Atlantis. Have you felt Appreciate the connection? It. Yeah, I mean, it's like you were there when there was, like, flying cars and everything going on, and <laughs> that's, it kept popping into be Atlantis, Atlantis, Atlantis. Very possibly. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I am thoroughly enjoying your information. So, Bob, I'm, I would love to okay. get back to Isabella. Okay. Thank you, Roy. Thank this, you, Roy. Thank you, Thank you, Roy. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things, you know, um, when it comes to channeling, you know, there are a lot of people who um, – you know, like when when you know when they show up, I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. I don't, you know, and so I mean, he, you know, pick up, you know, the, the energy, the energy that he picks up, and um, quite often when it's um, extraterrestrial, um, it'll be a Pleiadian energy that um, he feels that there are a lot of those, that energy around yeah. us right now, sure. and um, yeah, and and whenever he does readings, they. And it comes up in their reading, the triple eight, 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 you know, and it's kind of what, you know, his, I guess his signal, you know, that, that is, uh, that person is kind of, um, you know, kind of picking up, emanating that kind of energy. And, you know, to me, you know, it seems that, you know, like when he was mentioning, you know, Atlantis, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're talking about, you know, we're talking about obviously, you know, eons ago, and then then we're also talking about future. So the idea of you know the time being a human construct, you know, that the linear past, present, future is kind of um, just a way to organize things, you know, versus yeah. the way that that they seem to happen. Um, so when you um, or working with individuals, do do you do you have that um, timelessness kind of um, uh, image yeah, well, or impression? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, first of all, right as we are within the session, we both, ex- me and my clients, experience a state of timelessness. My session, the first part of the session where the metaphysical experience takes place, um, because there's a second part when we discuss it, but like like you and I talking right now. But during the first part, I go into trance, I go into an altered state of consciousness so I can perform various functions in multiple dimensions for this human being. And the client 
end up feeling like they are in between dimensions themselves. And very often they tell me, whoa, wait a minute, that was two and a half hours? It felt like 20 minutes. And it's the same for me. I open my eyes and I look at the time. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so first of all, we experience the time, what's called time dilation during the uh, first during the actual physical experience, but also I am in the ethers, so to speak. You know, I am fully in the um, non-physical experience of the soul, so I, I can see all kinds of things simultaneously, incarnations and cosmic uh, imprints and their cosmic experiences and their connection um, to that, the multidimensionality. So I receive a vast plethora of, of experience all at the same time. And very often when I channel, it's very challenging to, <laughs> not really very challenging, but it's it's somewhat challenging to really put one foot in front of the other because all of the information comes in at the same time, and then I'm sitting there find, trying to find words to um, phrase it and, and place it in, in, you know, in order. Um, so <laughs> definitely time yeah. is not a part of this experience, that's for sure. But on the second call, when we sit down and we have a conversation, and we also do exercises that have to do with very human reality, human experience. I help people go through, um, I take them through exercises that are of a psycho-emotional kind of style. So psychology here is involved a little bit, and I help them deal with their blocks and patterns and, and traumas and stuff. And so when, that's one. it's a very, very left-brain kind of conversation on the second call. And both calls happen on the same day. So it's, it's, it's an investment of time for both myself yeah. and the client when they take my session. Yeah, I can understand that. So let's, I'm going to kind of now pivot toward your, your book. Um, leaving the trap, how to exit reincarnation cycle. So, first of all, you know, I did, can you talk a little bit about the idea of what is that cycle? I always thought that it was just a, you know, a thing. <laughs> you know, that, that, you know, after a while, depending, you know, the yeah. variations, you can't come back. You die, you come back. Um, so, tell us a little bit about the idea of it being a cycle and that one that can be left. Right. What you just mentioned is what majority of the population knows. People have no idea that there is a different choice. People have no idea that they don't have to come back to Earth and, and do it differently or be a different person or what have you. It's a kind of a default belief for those who do believe in reincarnation, that what else is there? I just come back to Earth, right? Uh, but in my experience and in my opinion, in my theory, if you wish, uh, the, hmm, the whole reincarnation cycle is a system of entrapment of souls within this physical reality. Um, and, yeah. And definitely you can get out if you want to, but we don't know that we can. And that's why majority of the population just continues being recycled. Yeah. Because, you know, that was, again, that was, that was my belief, too. And, and like I mentioned early on, you know, I often have the idea, it's like, you know, if I don't have to do this again, I would really much prefer not to. You know, yeah, but then Okay, Robert, you're really breaking up there. I'm not. I'm not hearing what you're saying. I did okay. not hear okay. Yeah, that whole part. Can you? How about now? Can you hear me now? Now is better. Yeah. Okay. But could Sorry you repeat what you were saying? So you said yeah. I lost you at the part where you said that if you didn't have to do it again, you won't, and then the rest of it just yeah. went into noise. Then, yeah. Then, I, then I was about to say that. You know, I recognize that maybe, you know, the possibility or maybe even probability of other dimensions and that a reincarnation doesn't necessarily mean to the first. 
Okay, folks, um, we're back again, <laughs> and uh, apologies for that. I guess we, we're just having some really energetic uh, interference here. But um, so, Isabella, what I was saying is, is that, you know, I have said, you know, that to myself that, you know, I this is my last time here. I want this to be my last time, you know, in this, in an earthly um, incarnation. Um, okay. You know, and then um, I recognize that, you know, there is that possibility or probability that there are other dimensions and that one can reincarnate but into like a, a different dimension or a, or a kind of a different reality. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. So then I'm back then I'm back to, hmm, well, maybe I'm open to that. So how does, you know, I mean, does, is, does that seem like a, um, you know, like a, a, a possibility? And, and, and does that kind of thing happen where we're an individual, you know, in this reincarnation cycle um, chooses alternate reality, you know, alternate kinds of experiences? Well, if we're talking about reincarnation cycle, reincarnation cycle around Earth is also connected okay. to the planets that are on the same level of consciousness development as Earth. So we're talking okay. everything below fifth dimension. That includes the plea, the Pleiades, by the way, because the, the Pleiades um, have planets and developing worlds that are below fifth dimension or fifth dimensional, more or less. And so this is how the cross-species reincarnations happen, um, as in the Pleiadian soul from below fifth dimension can jump into reincarnation cycle of earth and the other way around and if you do experience an um negotiation with the handlers of the reincarnation cycle then if you keep resisting uh, them suggesting that you have to go back to earth at the end of that negotiation you might experience that they offer you going to a different planet but it will still be a part of the reincarnation cycle. What I bring to people in my book is that we are sovereign and we are free to choose the dimension and the experience where we want to go if we're able to get out of uh, the uh, reincarnation cycle. But for that, you're going to need to do some work while still alive. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so it's, it's, it, I mean, it's the, um, the idea of ending or leaving the cycle um, is, uh, I guess, best um, achieved through the current life and what work and choices and and actions that one takes. Not only that, because, well, that definitely plays a part, um, like closing all contracts, earth contracts and non-earth contracts, closing all contracts that you made with yourself as a soul elsewhere in all dimensions to actually jump into earth experience at some point, um, then closing all contracts with the loved ones so that you're not um, convinced to come back to continue that soul group experience. There's a whole list of recommendations that I give in my book as to what's required or what what I recommend for the people to do so that they can get out of reincarnation cycle, what they do here in this plane. But there is also another aspect that I talk about in my book, and that is uh, yeah, something that I call quantum travel, and that is teaching yourself to go out of body by will and or at will and and jumping into the state of being of the void so that you from the void which is the fabric of consciousness you can go ahead and um, direct yourself into any sort of life form experience if this is what you prefer and it's very different from astral projection so I go into that, the difference between the astral plane and the astral projection and the quantum travel in the void in my book. 
So anyone who is curious about that could go ahead and check out my book. It's available on Amazon um, right now. Yeah. So the quantum travel, you know, okay, you're distinguishing between quantum travel and astral projection. Yeah. Is the quantum travel, um, is it a um, kind of like a, a, a conscious um you know, like when we're dreaming, we have, we have something called, you know, um, uh, lucid dreams. You know, that idea of, you know, while yeah. we're dreaming, we know that we're dreaming and, and that kind of thing. So when one enters or, you know, does some quantum travel, is it one of those experiences where, you know, there is that conscious recognition of, of you know, what one is doing and is it uh, – you know, just a, kind of like a, an outing, so to speak, that one may take in, in visiting the, I guess, the vo- going first to the void and then, you know, visiting that alternate or an alternate kind of um, reality. High dimension. Yeah, high dimension. Well, yeah. what happens okay. in dream space, uh, that's the dream space is fourth dimension, altogether four maybe four and a half d so that's your dream body which is very similar to what your astral body is except when you astral project you're directing your astral body by choice but in dream your astral body is in most in most cases during uh, regular dream and you're just blown to and fro by whatever the dream you know dream space that you're in um, lucid dreaming is directing your astral body or your dream body um, consciously by choice, but quantum travel takes place in an entirely different dimension altogether, an entirely l- different level, because both dream space and astral projection, they're all limited to astral plane in most cases. When I'm talking mm. about... When I'm talking about quantum travel, I'm talking about taking the entirety of your spirit, the entirety of your soul out of the physical experience. So you are creating an out-of-body experience that lands you in an entirely different dimension. Okay. So when... And then when that one one experiences that again, is it a? Um, I mean, is this something that one can um, learn? You know, I guess to to you know do repeatedly and yeah. and then you know and then with that, um, you know, you, you kind of mentioned that when you kind of get to the void, that there's a um, you know it, it, it's. Uh, Kind of directed, and or, or you know, you, you okay, have like, right, uh-huh. yeah. Let me explain here. So yes, you most definitely, okay. you most definitely can learn it, and this is also in my book. Uh, I give recommendations. Okay. I've been doing this for nine years, pretty much every night. So you can okay. train yourself to go out of body by choice, and land in the fabric of reality which is called the state of samadhi or or the state of the void and from that space you can literally direct yourself to any any dimension any experience life uh, life form or physical form if you wish but it's higher dimensional experience that you want to direct yourself into from there um Jumping from, so taking your entire soul, your entire mm-hmm. spirit, not just the astral body, not your dream body, but the entirety out of the top of your head and, and into the state of samadhi. This is a good first step. And yeah, people can train themselves to go there in ancient traditions of Buddhism and, and Hinduism, this is considered to be like the highest achievement of the human existence, but hey, you know what? I'm doing it, so anyone else can do it <laughs> as well. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, you know, to me, I, I just, you know, find that fascinating. Now, you say that when, 
that you do it, you know, nightly or, or you know, on a regular yep. basis. When you do that, do you, I mean, do you have like a, when you get to that point in the void, do you have a particular destination that you like, you know, or a particular, um, you know, kind of, I guess, reality or, or experience that you're drawn to maybe more so than others? Right, yeah. Um, it's good to have the concept of where you want to explore before you leave the okay. body. Because once you okay. get out of the body and end up in the void, and then you're not really traveling, you're in that state. You just basically um, quantum leap or quantum jump or quantum travel or uh, teleport your entire soul into back into the fabric of reality, back into what everything is made of. So when you're there, you're not going to have a physical brain to think with, and you're not going okay. to really want to think at all. But if you have the destination in mind before you depart, and once you're in the void and you're in, you finished basking in that inc most incredible state of being, and then you even, I call it trace think, you, you don't even finish the whole thought because it's instant. So the time to finish the whole thought is not there. You just remember that you want to, let's say, wanted to go check out, I don't know, the constellation of Sirius, or you wanted to go to the Andromeda okay. galaxy, or you wanted to go check out the planet where the Pleiadians live that bring the numbers 888 for uh, Roy there, or what have you. You know, you mm -hmm. literally just say next. Not even saying, not even think. I can't even explain that, but it's it's, it's just instant knowing. Okay, I want to be there, and you're mm -hmm. there. That's it. That's how easy that is from the state of the void. And then from okay, that, wow. you from that space, you can explore. You can experience. You can kind of wear the suit of what it is to be that race what it is to live on that planet, what their reality is like. I've explored just about everything I could think of and probably a whole bunch of stuff that I could never think of that I would just go, okay, let me just just take me someplace, you know. And, and But my preferred destination is one of the planets within the Andromeda galaxy where it just feels like home. And I love, nice. and, and I can't really give you the details because there are no details. It's like the state of the void except of a different color, if you wish, or a different, like, it, uh, yeah. So that's the yeah. place where I love to um, visit. Yeah. And when you, you know, have that experience, um, and then... Basically, come back to Earth. <laughs> so, um, dang, dang. Is that um, is that after effect? Um, does it? I mean, have you ever had a case where it's like, oh, dang, I'm back. You know, where? Oh, you know, it's every time. <laughs> okay. okay. Every time, dang, so. I'm back, and on um, how heavy is my body? And it mm -hmm. takes a minute to kind of patch the whole physical reality back together once I open my eyes. And um, I can say that it's a joyful moment of, of returning. Yeah. And now, is there a possibility when one does that, that the destination that one gets to for lack of a better word, is hell. You know, I mean, it's really like oppressive, or you know, um, well, that happens in the, this, this happens in the lower yeah. astral dimension. So, if you are just oh. learning how to astral project, you will probably first go into the, the lower astral dimension, and that is um, 
I I speculate in my book that this is where hell is really. Nothing is burning there, but it's highly unpleasant, and it's very similar to what we experience here on Earth. The lower consciousness, kind of everything is figured out for a conflict, and there are astral wars there, and there are a lot of discarnate souls there, and it's just not a pretty or pleasant place. And so, no, when you quantum travel, you will not end up in, in that dimension. But when you are just starting to astral project, you might, because it's the closest layer of um, mm. non-physical reality to our physical mm-hmm. reality. It's the layer closest to our Earth experience. Yeah, I can, okay, great. I can understand that. Wow. Now we're toward the end of the show. So um, what is it that you hope that the readers will take away from reading Leaving the Trap? I hope that they will step into their freedom, the freedom of choice. Um, I offer a lot of recommendations there, and I also give them recommendations to research. So my book is just a guideline for people to really do their own research, and that's a part of an individual freedom as well, freedom to discover things for themselves and also to know that they're not bound to being recycled or providing loose or any sort of energy for the beings that need it here or whatever reason reasons are. So the choice is yours, and this is what I believe uh, the readers uh, will take away from my book. At least I really hope so. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, and, and I would think that, you know, just recognizing the free will, um, the uh the fact that we're uh, you know uh, you know individual we have the individual choice you know is something that can be um for people who don't recognize it can be an eye opener and you know kind of really change change things up a, a bit recognizing that there is that possibility Right. Yep, I agree with you for sure. Yeah, most definitely. And I received a few messages already from complete strangers saying that my book is the most uh, direct and succinct on on the subject. And and, uh, so I'm very, you know, very happy to offer something like this because this is the new concept, relatively new concept, or the concept that's becoming more known nowadays and I'm happy to contribute because I'm all about freedom. I'm all about um, helping yeah. people to be their best selves, to be their individual sovereign entities. This is something that we were always meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I just wanted to mention to people um, during the the show we mentioned a couple times about an event that you'll be at. This is going to be uh, the Sedona Transcendence Retreat that will be um, on September 21st through the 23rd, uh, where you're going to be a special guest. And um, if people want to find out more about that and attending that, they can visit the website SedonaTranscendenceRetreat.com. And connect to their end, and I'm happy that we are now connected on Facebook. So I look forward to following your posts and, and reading the kinds of messages that you receive. Thank you, Robert. It really was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, you're very welcome. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Isabella A. Green. We've been talking about uh, her work as well as her new book, Leaving the Trap, How to Exit Reincarnation Cycle. And again, you can find out more by visiting Isabella's website, which is www.isabellagreen.com, and that's I-S-A-B-E-L-L-A-G-R-E-E-N-E.com. And everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth Show. And until we meet again, Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, 
Amazon Music and Audible. To follow our show on any of those platforms, visit ByteRadio.me and select the one you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.